0: to the Geek Explorer Not On Topic Debrief. I'm Ben Robinson.
1: And I'm John Williams. And here we are this week to talk to you about comics. What we're reading and uh, what we're not reading. What we love. What we may not love so much. And just uh, current comic books. You know, we're not doing a deep dive like we did once in the past. We straight up ran out of time uh, putting things together. So uh, here we go. Let's, uh, let's talk about some stuff
0: that's part of our lives. Busy stuffing envelopes and fulfilling the Kickstarter, and uh, realized like yesterday that we didn't have a topic picked yet. And we're like, well, we could either bullshit something that we don't know, or we can bullshit something we do know. So yeah. comic books it is.
1: Yeah, speaking of comic books, and, and uh, like you were saying, stuffing envelopes, uh, Space Oddities number two is on its way to Kickstarter backers. Um, so... If you uh, if you want to get some uh, Space Oddities Number Two or Space Oddities Number One, we are going to be open. Should they shoot us a line on uh, spaceodditiescomic.com? Yeah,
0: yeah, I think probably email. Just let us know in one way or yeah. another. We we have like a whole litany of ways that you can get a hold of us. You, know, you could call nine one six orcturd and say I want a comic book, and yeah. uh, we'll find out a way to get you one. I've been meaning to set something up like on our website so you could buy a book from the like website. an actual
1: pay and put yeah. in your address. But yeah, you, you spoke about all sorts of ways to get a hold of us, so not only for buying comics, but in general, if you want to interact with the show, you can shoot us a line at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook Geeksploration the Podcast page, Instagram Geeksploration Podcast, or Twitter at Pod. or you can call us, like Ben said you, uh, you should and will. Um it's nine one six orcturd nine one six o r c t u r d and you can uh you can leave us a message a message
0: about anything and we'll play it on the show cool so uh so yeah Jonah to update our comic books episode did you go back and listen to it no no, no but I, I kind of vaguely remember some things i said like i've uh I've started buying more comic books than I have at any other point in my life like i've I found myself like going into the comic shop because I'm had to get my tires done and there's the comic shops like right there
1: yeah, or uh, or when your kids at Boy
0: Scouts. Yeah, so I'll find myself there, you know, every um, every few weeks, maybe it, it, maybe more often. And man, I've caught myself spending money on comic books like I have not before, and it's uh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it's absurd. Like I comic books, I was like, like it's just ridiculous. I don't do it, but now it's it's just ridiculous, and I do it. Yeah, like <laughs> I spent forty five bucks last time I was in there. Yeah, it's absurd, but it is. Fun, and that's not counting the stuff that I picked up on Comixology because it just makes it so easy. You're like, oh, a dollar ninety nine. Sure, I'll read the next mm-hmm. issue.
1: I mean, it's tough for me because I, I will read stuff digitally if I, you know, if it's convenient. I think, man, I would much rather buy a comic book, but it, it's tough, man. I mean, like my my comics load just seems a bit light these days. Like, I'm not sure if it's because I've become more frugal because they are so friggin' expensive. You know, like at least four bucks a piece. Like yeah. Marvel's. Minimum. Dipping into five and six, you know. just d- Six or, bucks. Or, Fuck. Or, you know, know, these these variant covers where they've got a thicker card stock and it's like another dollar.
0: Or like prestige format. I think I saw Garth Ennis had a new prestige. Got kind of like a Jimmy's Bastards, I think it was called. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's all nice and perfect bound, but like it's eight bucks. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what this is. Like, I'm not going to spend eight bucks on some prestige format book I've never seen before. It's tough, but I think I
1: did recently. I think I I, I I'd <laughs> like to say that I wouldn't, but I think I did. I know there was a there was a Superman book I'll talk about later where I think I spent ten bucks, but it, it was like an
0: eighty page. Okay, yeah. Uh, book. So this was just I, like a single issue.
1: I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's money or if or if comic books aren't speaking to me as much anymore. I'm certainly having kind of a crisis. Ooh, no pun intended with uh with superhero comics.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, definitely same here.
1: It's tough. Like I I feel like I I had a buddy years ago who was I don't know, 6 7 years older than me. He just couldn't do superhero comics. And like he would, you know, talk shit to me. Like like you do at a comic shop. He he worked there. And he was always just talking about how superhero comics are just like like he couldn't get into it because there's no stakes because you know that even if it's this huge world-shattering event and like the main character can even die, but you know the status quo is going to just come be the back same
0: eventually. Yeah, and yeah.
1: and that's kind of where I'm where I'm hitting like the, like these current Superman books. Like, there's a there's a pretty interesting story happening with Superman, like off the world on Warworld, but I don't know. Like, I I I trailed off with it because I'm just like,
0: eh. I mean,
1: cool. In in five issues, he's just going to be back on Earth doing the thing again.
0: The other issue with with the this stuff is that like these guys like. These are characters that, that have been around for like fifty years or more.
1: Yeah, Superman's been around for almost eighty five.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean you got like you know, a lot of the Marvel guys are about fifty. Yeah. You know these characters pretty well. You could probably guess what's going to happen and how they're going to act in any of these books and be right most of the time. Yeah,
1: unless unless there's a writer that's coming in to change things, in which case people are gonna freak out because that's not the character I know. Yeah, ben Grimm wouldn't give Reed Richards flowers for defeating Dr. Doom.
0: So like they're kind of stuck in this thing where they can't do a lot where there's, there's forces that want them to do new things and forces that don't want them to, to change the characters. And then their own, you know, bottom line where they're worried about, they don't want to damage their IP. Yeah. So they're really kind of restricted. I find myself reading mostly random indie stuff these days. When I go into a one now, cuz like the racks are alphabetical and then it has like the big Batman like section.
1: Yeah, there's like the Spider-Man <laughs> Spider-Man and X-Men sections, and then the the Batman Batmans, section and the Batman's and then the Supermans.
0: Yeah, and then and then there's everything else alphabetical. Mm-hmm. And I found, like I started Z cuz that's closest to the door and I usually work my way down and by the time I hit Batman and Superman, I don't even bother m- moving further left anymore cuz
1: I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh a part of the shelf that's just as big as Batman and Superman for Spider-Man and X-Men. And I just, I pass right by it. I love Spider-Man as a character, but yeah. like his books are, they're, they're just hard to get into. And there's always just big giant shit happening in both of those books. And I'm not a huge X-Men fan, but there's never like an easy, just like jumping on point, And then also like an easy serialized story. Like there's always an event, like the world is always Changing, you know, oh, earth shattering events. And it's like, just stop. Like, I get it with X Men, you have a million characters you can choose between and you can put them through different paces. But, yeah, I think maybe that's the turnoff for me. But with Spider Man, same thing as Superman. Like, he's going to have the old Parker luck and either be working at the Daily Bugle or as a teacher at Midtown High um, and Spider Maning at yeah. the same time.
0: And and I have a different issue with indie books when I'm in there. And which is mostly why I read digital stuff is because I'll go in there and I'll be like, this looks interesting. It's issue four. And they don't have anything before that. And it's like, like okay, like do a power bomb. I missed do a power bomb when it first came out. And they have like issue three there, but like, I don't want to start on issue three. Oh no, like fuck it. no. I, I want to start on. Please the, don't. Yeah, exactly. I want to start on the first issue. So I bought it digitally and, uh, read it there instead because one they're only a buck 99 for the the back issues which yeah. is nice like they it's i like how they're discounting stuff like immediately now that's good like, like it, when
1: two comes out one is discounted
0: yeah it, a lot of places will wait either one or two issues behind they're cheaper so it, it's fairly you know affordable to catch <laughs> up you know compared to going out and buying actual books
1: yeah that is tough because you know, a lot of times I'll see a first issue and I'll be like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to take the the $4 chance. And then it'll get to like issue 3 and you look at it and you're like, okay, okay, I'll do it. Like I I do like having a chunk. Like if I'm going to yeah. take a chance on a series, I love having 3 issues to do it. But a lot of those times, you know, like issues 2 and 3 will be there, one's gone cuz so everyone's buying one and then, you know, like orders always drop on the second issue. Yeah. Like number 1s are always ordered in much higher volume.
0: Well, and you get you know, a lot of these you know smaller indie books and stuff they, they're not going to get a second print or if they, or maybe they do at some point, but maybe the shop will get it, maybe they won't
1: like, yeah yeah it's it's got to be it's got to be a hot book with some established creators to get yeah. a second printing, so
0: I've been trying to like look real close at all the, the you know the new stuff to you know to try to see if I can catch it while it's still there. yeah one thing I gotta say I really appreciate that Vault Comics does that we did on the last issue is they put just a little description on the back of the book Mm, Yeah, says like here's what this book's about which I love because like I'll flip through it and like I like the art but like what is the story about like we've talked about this on the comics episode you're more of an art guy and I'm more of a story guy Mm -hmm. like I'll read a book that has a good story with shit art I don't think you will no that'll put you off too much yep but like so the story is the thing that I'm interested in the most and uh I can't tell that necessarily by flipping through it like having just a little a couple sentences saying like you know here's the setup are you interested in it or not is super valuable. And I find for myself buying more vault books because I'll look at something. It looks kind of interesting. I read the back. It is, it does sound kind of interesting. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll get it. And there's probably other books that don't have that, that I would be into if I had any fucking clue what they were about, but yeah. I'm not going to, but I'm less likely to take the chance.
1: Yeah. I never even thought about that. Like that must be tough buying for writing because there, are like you said, there, there's so much more ambiguity over, over yeah. the quality Like because this I mean this person could also have a really neat concept and then just have like really shitty dialogue skills. Uh, You know, like and you won't know until you've bought it and read it. Yeah. At that point they got your money. But exactly. But once you're coming back, they should put out a quality product, which is, you know, what what I'm hoping we're doing with ours. So what do we want to go to first? Do we want to talk about books we're digging or um Um yeah, I think so. Let's, uh, let's take turns talking about books we're into. Why don't you leave? Because I'm looking at your desk here, and I'm really interested to see what you're going to bring to the table, because I, I, there's definitely some stuff I have never heard of. Oh, you got End After End. I did. Yeah, I was going to shout that out, because that's... Uh, that's it's David Andrews' book. Yeah, exactly. So, what,
0: what the hell? Let's start with that one. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, one of the books I picked up is End After End. It's uh, by... Uh... Vault but yeah but, <laughs> published by vault it. it's got a little description on yeah. the back <laughs> it was very nice like you read it and uh, it was pretty vague but it was enough of a hook to kind of get me interested the art looked kind of cool it's by uh it's written by uh david andre and tim daniel um and uh the artist is sanando c which uh i have not heard of before but it, it's uh it's an interesting little book it's basically the plot hook of it is the uh like after you die you go to like a the end after end like this middle spot where there's like some sort of weird eternal war going on and it follows like a guy that gets hit by a train and then like wakes up there and they're like yo dude fight and and he's like uh yeah. you know as hey, you do
1: you're in this place now you're doing this thing
0: yeah yeah try you
1: know, to stay try to keep up
0: you know it's issue 1 so it's just kind of the intro of that kind of yeah. getting you into the world and getting there but it it, it it's got me interested enough that I'm going to check out the next issue yeah the art's good. Interesting enough. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't have the vocabulary to talk about art is the thing like, it's like, <laughs> oh yes, I like it or I don't, but like, it's just kind of scratchy and yeah.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. That's a good word for it. Yeah. The, the, the line art is scratchy. I really like the coloring in there. It, it does yeah. a lot to, uh, to convey the mood. Yep. Um, you know, when it, when it's not like art Adams panel where there's just detail, 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 and the color is just sort of there to be there also
0: yeah you know, like, it's, like not, it's
1: part of the storytelling in this book
0: It's not super vibrant or bombastic like it doesn't assault the eyes it's kind of uh muted I guess
1: it's the anti-space oddities
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Chris Alvarez, who did our variant cover, also did an exclusive variant for this that's only available through conventions or oh, cool. or like they uh they did a store signing uh, yesterday at Empires, but I didn't make it out I do want to get that that Alvarez cover it's good.
0: Is it one of these?
1: Let me see. No.
0: Oh, because it's got pictures of a bunch of, there's like six variant covers pictured in the back.
1: Oh, geez. Put that on the list of things to bitch about later when we're talking about fucking current comics.
0: (laughs) Uh, But uh, but yeah, I mean, I would recommend if that concept sounds interesting to you, uh, I would definitely check it out. It's uh, like, you know, it's only one issue in. So like after the first issue, like there's only... So much going on.
1: <laughs> and um, one thing that's cool about Vault that, that at least you can trust a little bit is that they are a 100% sci-fi comic company. They only put out sci-fi books. So yeah. if you're into sci-fi, like a Vault is always worth taking a peek at. They have like a, a, an imprint that is dabbling in horror also, come to think of it. Spooky stuff. But that was, the, that was their like their company credo was you know that it was all sci-fi. Love it. Um, okay. Well, I, I think I will go up next and I'm going to talk about a book that we already mentioned here. Do a power bomb. Yeah. By Daniel Warren Johnson. He writes and does the line art. And then I think it's Mike Spicer is the, uh, is the colorist. I mean, Daniel Warren Johnson, I fucking love his stuff. I, I think I, yeah, I first saw it on space mullet and then he did a, some books for, um, image comics, like extremity and murder Falcon. And he did a... Oh, he
0: did Murder Falcon. I yeah. Mean, okay, cool. That makes sense.
1: And he did uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth for DC for their, uh, you know, oversized prestige black label format. And it was fucking awesome. And um, he did a mini Beta Ray Bill miniseries oh, cool. sorry, for, uh, for Marvel. And I, I just love his stuff. It's so fucking kinetic. And do a powerbomb is no different. It's, you know, he's taking his love for luchador and wrestling uh, and putting it into a book that was okay. I don't want to spoil anything because, yeah, because I, think, I was just thinking, yeah, like,
0: what do we, what do we want to,
1: I mean, on the surface, it's a wrestling story. It's a story about family, about legacy. And you know, like when I was reading the first issue, I was sort of like predicting the beats. I was like, Oh man, I mean, I'll still buy this cause the art's gorgeous. But by the end of the first issue, like it, it, it throws you for a loop. And what's, what was most interesting to me was that I looked back and I was like, I should have seen something like this
0: coming. Well, and then it throws you for another loop at the end of the second issue. Holy shit. Like it, like it, it is doing a great job keeping you hooked at the end of every, every issue. And, and like you were saying with the kinetic art in it, I mean, like he does big wrestling action really well.
1: Yeah. you can feel it
0: yeah yeah exactly it's like some of the moves like i'm reading it i'm like oh oh fuck that would that would like the it's like king arthur's table one or whatever and in the the third issue was like holy shit that would (laughs) fucking kill you (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's gnarly
1: it is a really really cool concept and i'm super into it it's three issues in right now i highly recommend people go and grab that because it's so fucking good
0: yeah if you can find the the back issues at the comic shop i'm gonna start picking it up there physically moving yeah. forward because i got caught up digitally but that's a
1: book that will get a second printing if it hasn't yeah, already I bet it will. yeah it, it he's a high enough big. profile character yeah. or creator
0: yeah and, and and it's had pretty much universal praise yeah like i think everyone's been pretty well into it
1: powerbomb somebody who talks shit about it
0: <laughs> what, what uh what's up next for you mr bent oh shit Oh, yeah, I was going to say, did you see this? It's a Dynamite 007 book.
1: I did. I saw that on the, uh, on the racks and I flipped through it, but it didn't super catch me.
0: From an art point of view, I could see that because the art is very, it's very simple. It's almost like a, uh, and I don't know if they're going for like a, like a style, like a, the characters are kind of drawn like, you know, a generic like 50s cartoon dad you know, like where it's, just, it's like, it's a, it's very cell shaded looking, very simple, very flat colors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very little detail. The guy on the cover looks like Clive Owen.
1: Oh, he definitely does.
0: <laughs> but the, you know, inside the book is much simpler like that. No one's got enough facial features to look like anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and sometimes that works when you have like a Chris Samney or like back in the day an Alex Toth, like they, they made their bones with, telling a story with as few lines as possible, but this is a little more scratchy and elementary.
0: Yeah. I mean, it almost reminds me of like, you know, if an ad agency was going to put out a comic book, this is the kind of thing they'd produce. Interesting. You yeah. Know, where, where it's, I don't know, like, like the art, I wasn't super compelled by, uh, the story so far, pretty solid little bond story. Yeah. You know, he goes in, starts with an operation, goes tits up and, uh, you know, he's, he's got to face some repercussions for, you know, fairly standard Bond stuff. It says Ian Fleming's James Bond, so I don't know if it's... I don't think it's adapted from anything Ian Fleming did, because it is set in the modern day.
1: Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Who's the writer on
0: that? Uh, it's Philip Kennedy Johnson.
1: Oh, the, yeah. He's the one that's currently writing Superman Oh, really? Stuff, or, or at least the, uh, the War World Superman story.
0: Yeah, and the artist is uh, Marco Finnegan. Hmm. All
1: right. So, do you recommend people check it out?
0: A tentative recommendation. Yeah. Like, like if it sounds like if you're into Bond and you want to check some Bond out and you're not, you know, you're not looking for like really mind boggling art. Um, yeah. Go check it out. I, I, maybe I'll update you guys later once I get a couple more issues in and yeah. see if it, uh, if the story go, you know, goes somewhere, but like it ends with a good, with a good hook. So like it, they seem like they, they've got, they're going somewhere.
1: I think next up, I'm going to talk about a creator and then bring up two books that uh that they're doing holy shit look at that stack there that's a lot of fucking books in there I never thought I would look at a stack of (laughs) comics that you have and be like I wonder if I could borrow that I wonder if I could borrow that one there um but I want to talk about a creator I've talked about before on here Dan Mora yes he is currently my favorite artist out there I love what he does and I'm so glad that he does a lot of it because he's been drawing two monthly books for a while now I think they they took a little break on one of them for a little bit but he's currently drawing uh, World's Finest for DC. Oh, yeah,
0: you've mentioned that with, on the uh, show a few times. Oh,
1: man, Batman and Superman uh, with Mark Waid writing. And then he, he um, draws uh, Once in Future with uh, Kieran Gillen. I know I've brought up on this show as well. Both of those books are fantastic for different reasons. I mean, the stories are great, but his art is fucking fantastic. And I'm just so glad. Like, there, there have been times over the years where I've seen creators and I'm just like, Man, if only he'd fucking draw Superman or something like that. And it hardly ever happens because for whatever reason, all these fucking high profile creators want to work on Batman. Bunch of fucking assholes. You know, years ago, Jim Lee came to D.C. and you're like, holy shit. Goes straight to Batman. Granted, he did draw a 12 issue arc of Superman after that.
0: Well, there's so many more little lines you can put in a Batman
1: book. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also a lot more shadows. He'd gotten lazy by then. (laughs) Uh, And boy, did he put shadows in his Superman work, too. But that, this has been the case with Dan Moore. I've been following his work since Klaus, which was probably a good, oh, like, yeah. six years ago when it started, seven years ago. I don't know. And um, and he's been working for Boom for all these years. He did Power Rangers, Buffy, uh, fucking something else, I'm sure. I don't know. Um But then he's been, he was doing a once in future there. And then all of a sudden I start, you know, his Instagram starts popping up with Batman and Superman sketches and we're like, oh shit. And then he says, it's like a backup story in detective comics or something. Then it comes out that it's its own book with, uh, with Mark Wade writing. And I've just been fucking pleased as punch, you know, for, for the last, I mean, he did a five issue run. There was a fill in issue and I was like, oh shit, he's probably not coming back. Nope. He's coming back for more. And I'm like, oh, I fucking love it so often. You get a creator on a property you love, and they do, you know, one trade's worth, and then they're out. And I'm so stoked that this guy is a fucking machine. I mean, granted, his, his, um, his work has gotten a bit less detailed over time, but it's still solid and still great. Well, and two the, books
0: a month. I mean, fuck.
1: That's yeah, a lot
0: of work, man. It
1: is. And, I, yeah, I think they took, a, they took a little break on Once in Future so he could do World's Finest. I mean, not, not like, you know, a full six-month break. Um,
0: Once in future is one of those books that I looked at and was like, that looks really interesting, but there's no issue on. So I'll, like it's on my, maybe I'll read a list, but if you've got them, I'll, I'll borrow them from you. I'd rather read them on paper.
1: Well, we talked about that recently, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that those things like, like I don't collect comics for, uh, for value and resale, but I'm afraid that those things are, are going to be hot shit. So fuck, I even saw, a uh, uh, used trade of uh, the first trade but i was talking with sam who's um who's a, a friend of the show and space oddities and i recommended it to him so I, he may have bought it but if you if you're next time you're in Folsom, check the uh, the discount wall but i was gonna buy a trade anyway d- to let you read it because i feel bad about saying no i don't want to loan you these comics <laughs> i've loaned out too many comics that that come back water damage I'll, oh. I'll fucking kyle dude he did that several times he he had a bathroom with no ventilation and it would he'd just leave him in there and the shower steam would just crinkle up the pages oh, no and he'd hand it back like here you go sorry i'm like you buy me some fucking comics
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but yeah yeah dan mora on both once in future and world's finest it's fantastic
0: fuck yeah um, all right. So my next one that, uh, that I've been reading for a little bit here, it's, I think it's up to issue four now. And this is one of those books that it's six bucks. It's perfect bound. And like it, like it, it took me a few weeks of walking by it to decide whether or not I wanted to buy it, but it's called uh, past the last mountain.
1: I've never even heard of that.
0: It's, uh, it's by Paul Allor and, uh, arts by Louis Joyce. Heard of him? Um, and they have a credit for layouts, Ganon Beck. What does layouts mean? Like I'm assuming that's lettering and maybe some other stuff? Oh no, because no, Paul Alor does the lettering. Like what, what is layouts? Uh, let me let me see
1: the credits page and how it's how that is laid out. Huh, because where I go where I go immediately, layouts would be the actual design of, of like the, the panels of the, and stuff? Yes. Yeah, where like Basically, like the thumbnail stage. That'd be and a then,
0: weird thing for to just do that and then hand it off to an artist. I guess I don't, I don't think know. so.
1: Only if if or like where I've seen something like that is if it's a new artist and and so like a uh, an experienced artist will do the layouts for them. So it's for storytelling and yeah, making make sure, sure that, that everything's in the consistent. right places. Yeah, yeah. and um mm. so I wouldn't be shocked like that either. That or it's the like design of the book. You know, like with all the covers and stuff.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, in any case, I'm enjoying it so far. It's up to the fourth issue. It's got like a, a very cartoony art style. Mm-hmm. You know, the basic plot is there was a, a war between like fantasy creatures and like in America, America basically said, all right, fuck it. We're getting rid of all the fantasy creatures. You know, at some point they had kind of come into existence. Oh, okay. And <laughs> I was uh, like, wait,
1: what are you talking about? It seemed
0: like they, they were like, <laughs> they were coexisting fine. And then like America was like, you know what? let's we we got to axe these these dragons and goblins and fawns and shit mm-hmm. and uh and the book starts when a, a group of three or you know three of them escape from like the the pr- a prison in montana and it's basically the story of them on the run trying to make it to uh a place called fire lake or so basically a place where you know that may or may not exist where humans and Fantasy creatures can live in peace.
1: Yeah, there are no cats in America, and streets are paved with cheese.
0: That sort of thing. It's pretty smartly written. Uh, The uh, I like the art in it a lot. And then something that gives it a little bit of a bonus for that extra money is uh, it's got a full like twenty-two page comic in there with the main story, and then in the back, it's got a little section on each of them called War Stories, Mm -hmm. where it's got different artists that come in and do like little vignettes about something that happened during the war oh cool yeah it's really it just kind of helps flesh out the world and make you know you know build the world more thoroughly than just the main story would. so you kind of understand some of the background and and it's cool that it's got a whole bunch of other new you know artists and stuff telling you know little teeny short stories in the back each one has like five or six of them in the back
1: now what's interesting is like I don't I don't go to that same comic shop that you go to. I go to like the sister stores. So I've never seen this book on the shelves, and it looks like just looking at the cover that the the company putting the book out is CEX.
0: Yes, which I've never heard of.
1: Me either. So that that may be tough for people to find. You may have to look online and get it get it shipped, or or check Comicsology because
0: yeah, I'm not sure where they are are from like i've never heard of cex i don't think they have any other cex books in there that i've noticed and they have like each one has like four different or like at least like three different variant covers so i usually just go and like pick like this is the one i like the most like i don't give a shit like i'm not gonna buy all of them that's for sure yeah but i'll pick the one that looks cool but yeah past the last mountain i i i definitely recommend it it's a it's four issues in and it's it's fun so far like, I don't know if you buy it. Like, I, I've only got it physically. So I don't know if you buy it digitally, if you get the back matter, like the other little stories and stuff. I bet you Not, do. I imagine you would.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if it was like a sketchbook section. No, I, I bet even with that, I, I bet you get it all. Yeah. Like whatever's in the book. Cause it, it doesn't, it doesn't cost, cost it anymore. anymore. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, I'm going to talk about a book from image comics there. There's a creative duo who, um, who did the, uh, fuck, what was that book called? curse words. Um it's it's uh, Charles Soul is writing and Ryan Brown is drawing. And Ryan Brown was also from uh God Hates Astronauts fame. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like a that. fucking wacky goofball. Yeah. And um Charles Soul like he's he's written a bunch of comics but like I, I think a lot of people know him from his uh from his Darth Vader stuff. He wrote some cool ass Darth Vader uh comic books for Marvel. But they've got a book out now called uh, 8 Billion Genies. That's a lot of genies. That is a lot of genies. So the premise is... Yeah, yeah, they they say this in their advertising, too. One day, everybody on Earth gets a genie, and they can make one wish.
0: Holy shit, what a fucking mess that would be. It
1: is, and it's glorious.
0: I haven't seen this book at all.
1: Weird. Yeah, you know what? I was in Folsom the other day, and I was looking... Oh, wait, no, I, I grabbed... No, I don't think they did have them. I think maybe I went back to Roseville and ended up buying two and three because I had one, and then like i I didn't go back for two for whatever reason, and then when like issue three came out, I was like, "Oh, fuck, I need to go back and get it, but issue two was gone, but they but oh, in fact, both of those got second printings so oh
0: nice, that's a good sign. I'm gonna have to check that out because that's the other thing about like smaller imprint books and like smaller run books like they're not everywhere like no. it's weird you go one store to the next some of the stuff's not there.
1: Yeah, yeah, because, and, and, yeah, like, even though A1 Comics has multiple locations, like, it's a different person ordering it at every store. Like, it's not like a, like a company-wide order uh, form.
0: Yeah, and, and see, so that's why I'd like to have the blurb on the back, because I, I don't remember seeing that one. But if I had seen it, you know, and the art looked kind of interesting, but I wasn't sure what it was about. But, like, if it just had the, that hook on it, I'd be like, okay, uh, I mean, I'll check that out. That yeah, it's worth like an, an a, issue. That sounds like a cool concept.
1: I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, I will be adding it to my pull list.
0: Let's see. Oh, let's see, let's go do another book that I've read more than one of. Okay. Another image book called Beware the Eye of Odin. I've seen this on the racks, but I haven't yeah. flipped through it at all. Yeah. I bought one physically, but they didn't have two. And so I read it digitally and then got three physically. Oh,
1: man. See, I could not do that. I could not just like be missing issues if, if I had physical <laughs> copies. Would... Fuck no. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I mean, because I bought one and it said like, you know, next one coming like July 24th or something. And this was at like July 30th. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? So they'd already sold out of the yeah. second one, I guess. And then I saw three and I was like, well, I don't want to read the rest of it digitally. So I, I picked the physical one. <laughs> Uh, But it's basically a Viking adventure story. Um, I mean, the the premise is, like, within the first three pages, so I'm not going to spoil anything. Yeah. Basically, this guy, um, he's, like, the king of a Viking village, and he comes into possession of an artifact called the Eye of Odin. And, like, the, basically, it's a cursed item. Like, if you don't get it back to uh, whoever's supposed to have it, like, whatever temple or whatever is where it's supposed to go, within seven days, you die yeah and so he's got to set out on an adventure with a couple of his pals to try and return it and so they end up you know running into trolls and you know doing adventure stuff yeah it's a solid little adventure book it's it's fun it's got it's got the trolls in it are ridiculous looking like yeah you can see them on the cover like they've got like multiple heads and multiple like additional eyeballs and mouths on their back and like they're creepy and weird as fuck looking (laughs) and uh, it's got it's got solid like action and violence in it it's got a decent bit of comedy the art is uh is pretty good i like it it's it's well, very, hold
1: up a, a spread there
0: it's like kind of simple but not simple like the trolls have a ton of detail in
1: them yeah yeah that is interesting the humans are pretty simple but yeah. that troll there has a lot of detail
0: yeah well i mean he's got like some of them have like five faces so you know <laughs> i'm enjoying it so far it's a solid little adventure book you know, yeah. People getting fucking a bunch of trolls getting murder
1: Cool. I feel like if I was a listener, I might start getting bored. But maybe we are being really, like, maybe there are people who are, like, into comics that are just like, oh, shit, I haven't heard of this. Oh, shit, I have yeah. heard, like, like, maybe. If you're not
0: into comics, you are you probably are bored. Yeah,
1: okay, good. <laughs> All
0: right.
1: Next up, I want to mention Count Crowley. This is the second miniseries in this series. I mean, it, it, it kind of seems like one story, but there was, a, there was a bit of a break between the two minis. And uh, this one has been shipping really slowly, so that's kind of a bummer. But um, this is called Count Crowley. Uh, I think this one is reluctant. Oh, no, it's Amateur Monster Hunter. Amateur Monster a- Amateur something monster hunter? I don't know. Um, but it's by David Dasmalchen and uh, Lucas Kettner. And David Dos Malchin, you would know him from the movies where he plays like the Russian dude in Ant-Man. He played uh, Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad. Okay, yeah, yeah. And the crazy sniper in uh, The Dark Knight. And, um, and Lucas Kettner, I know his stuff from, he did, some, he did a book years ago called Witch Doctor. I loved his stuff on Kill the Minotaur. I think his brushwork is fantastic. It's very much like, a, it reminds me of Tom Fowler, who's another artist I really dig. Um, but this book's fun. It's like, uh, it's this, uh, alcoholic woman who, uh, who works with her brother at like a TV station, like a local small town TV station and she's getting into trouble. But then all of a sudden I think she gets, yeah, she gets, I'm trying to remember which one's this series and which one's the original, because I read like the first issue of the new one, maybe the first two. And then in the interim, I went and read the original mini series cause I didn't oh. know it existed at first. So I'm like, yeah. Um, but werewolves pop up basically and a Frankenstein and shit. And, uh, and there's a, uh, a television show that's similar to like the movie Fright Night or, you know, like, um, what did we have with Whitey Gleason, Like Saturday night, something theater.
0: Yeah. Or like the, like Elvira's show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah. And Count Crowley is, is the personality that okay. introduces the yeah, movies yeah. and stuff, but he's also a monster killer guy. And she ends up sort of taking over the TV show, and so that's why it's like, I think the original one was called Reluctant Monster Hunter or something. It's, it's got lots of humor, it's got some good monster fun, and again, the art is gorgeous. What imprint I'm, is that? Um, that is uh, Dark Horse. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen that one either. That sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it gets ordered in high volume. And, and I mean, that that shipping problem is, you know, it's... It's probably not helping the series at all. Like, I've got it on my pull list, so it, you know I, I get it when it comes out, but I don't think I've read the last couple issues because I don't, I don't want to have to read and then wait and then reread or get lost, you know. but I know it's a book that I want to have. So I'm going to wait until the fourth issue comes out and then read it all at once.
0: Yeah. Um, so another new one I picked up, it's an issue one. I, re- I really liked this one. It's called Heart Eyes. It's by uh, Dennis Hopeless, which is an awesome name, by the way. <laughs> Like I read a lot in the front, it says Hopeless Ibanez Duke. And I was like, Hopeless, is that, is that really someone's name? Yes, it is. And uh, Victor Ibanez is the uh, artist and uh, Addison Duke is the colorist. It's a post-apocalyptic story where basically these, uh, I guess, they're described as sanity-eating monsters come. And uh, like big, just, you know, t- giant tentacled, you know. Uh, like
1: Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian
0: <laughs> horrors, essentially come and uh just have absolutely destroyed the world and it opens with uh this girl walking just kind of walking through downtown like the Riverwalk in san antonio and like this guy comes out and saves her and uh you know there's some family drama when he brings her back to like their their compound that they've got and they're like you know they can't trust outsiders that sort of thing and Mm -hmm. and there's something deeper going on with her where she's a little different and um and may have some ties to what's going on and and stuff. And, uh, so it's like, again, it's only one issue in, but, uh, it's interesting. I like the art promising so far. Yeah. Yeah. I remember flipping through that.
1: I don't know why I didn't grab it. Maybe I was just feeling thrifty because some, some days I'll go to the comic shop and there will be nothing in my box and I'll just be like, I need something and I'll go and take a bunch of chances. And then there's other days where I have a bunch of stuff in my box and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't spend, you know. 20 bucks on getting a bunch of comics that i'm not sure i'm gonna like when i've already got a stack of comics i i know i'm gonna like
0: yeah absolutely that's part of the reason i haven't done a saver yet because like i don't want to be go in and be like oh, here's your 60 dollars worth of comics. like oh shit now i gotta buy those <laughs> yeah
1: i mean granted oh yeah i guess it's just spread out through all four weeks but yeah i was gonna say like i don't i don't have 60 dollar weeks but if I, yeah, if I waited a few weeks, I would. Yeah. But I mean, you know, like I said, these days it's, it's not so much. There, there have been a couple of weeks in the last few months where there's just nothing. Like, all right, I guess I'm, guess I'm hunting. Um, I've got one last book I wanted to shout out and it's, um, it's called A Calculated Man by, um, saw that. yeah, by Paul Tobin and, um, Alberto Albuquerque, I believe is his name. And it's, you know, it it was a book that I took a chance on. You know, there was somebody, there was somebody perusing the racks and like, I picked it up and flipped at it or flipped through it. And then I set it back down and the dude was like, putting it back, huh? I was like, yeah. He's like, good. Like, huh? I don't know.
0: Personal recommendation. Yeah. And
1: I got up to the register and I was like, have have any, has anyone read calculated man? Dude was saying it's pretty good. And, and, um, one of the guys who works at a one super nice dude was just like, I, he's like, I haven't, but I kind of want to. And I was like, all right, man, like if, if you're interested in it, cause he's recommended some things to me, like he recommended Gideon Falls to me, which I never would have read because of the art, but I took a chance on it. And I, and I really loved it. Um, so I read it and I dug it. It's uh, three issues in right now. It's basically the story of a, of a man who is impossibly smart and good at math and he was an accountant for the mob and, but he's now in witness protection but he's can't remember his exact motivation it's probably better if I don't know but it's a revenge story but it's not like you know gear up fucking get all nuts and fucking start blasting it's it's very clever
0: well I imagine it has to be clever if his brain is his tool and it's yeah. not like a John Wick yeah gun fu master
1: that's exactly yeah it is not john wick at all and it's it's a lot of fun too there's a lot of humor in it so
0: i have a soft spot for revenge stories i really like revenge oh yeah stories. revenge stories They're are great so fun uh, yeah, i guess i'll talk about this one so this is minor threats it's uh it's Patton oswald and jordan blum writing it and with art by scott hepburn and it is it's basically a you know it's probably the closest thing to a superhero story i've read in a while <laughs> cuz it has superheroes and supervillains in it uh, but it follows a um i guess recently out of prison and uh, you know as far as she'd like to be retired uh ex uh, v- villain villainess mm-hmm. uh as you know she's like tending bar at like a villain bar basically one of the uh one of the other villains kills their batman's sidekick hmm. and uh shit goes down like the superheroes are fucking out for not necessarily out for blood but like fucking it, they're causing a they're pro- bringing them to justice yeah it's causing problems and uh the story goes from there <laughs> like i mean like i don't want to <laughs> spoil the whole fucking you know it's it, first issue. i guess yeah, there's not really much you could spoil about a first issue is there? I mean, i guess uh, the end of it
1: yeah yeah but um you done good kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: but uh, I like the art in it. It you know it is a little bit more colorful, but it, hold it up. It fits the uh but you know it fits the superhero genre it's going for.
1: Yeah, it looks like a dark horse pseudo superhero book.
0: Yeah. Uh and it's it's got some decent humor in it. Uh you know I've never written I know Patton Oswald's a big comic nerd. I've never written it, read anything that He's been part of writing it, but they got like another writer in there, which is a good sign, which means that, you know, they've got someone who knows what they're doing probably
1: yeah, to make yeah. sure he doesn't fuck it up. Yeah, kind of like Keanu Reeves has Matt Kent on, on yeah, Berserker.
0: Exactly. Like, you know, you, you got an idea guy and someone who knows the industry a little bit more who can kind of make sure it paces well. And yeah, it, and, and it handle out.
1: the dialogue chores.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I wasn't sure. It's, you know, like I said, I haven't read a superhero book in a while.
1: And, uh, Sounds like it's more of a supervillain book.
0: It definitely, well, yeah, yeah. I guess it would be.
1: But it is a tights and flights book. Yeah, exactly.
0: Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fucking capes and cowl's kind of book.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting that I don't have a well, you know, like all of our recommendations have been, you know, outside mainstream books. Um, I think I'd I'd like to run through just a couple, a few creators that I'm excited about these days. But I'll I'll, I'll be quick about it. One of them is, uh, is Chip Zdarsky. He's, yeah. a, uh, he's a writer and an artist, but more writer than artist. He writes a lot of books, draws books every now and then. In fact, this, this book could be one of my recommendations, too, um, is uh, Public Domain.
0: I've been eyeballing that one, too. But again, No Issue One. So
1: oh. That's the
0: only reason I haven't picked it up.
1: I'll let you borrow that. And what was the other book we were talking about? Oh, uh, Eight Billion Genies. I'll bring those up with me. Those don't have any potential value yet. <laughs> oh, shit. I feel like a fucking dick bag. But, eh. well, you know, actually, I can trust you. If, if, if you say you're going to take care of a book, yeah, you'll I, take care of a
0: book. I'm an adult. I read all these, and they look pretty nice still. See, I see
1: how you're holding them right now, and that makes me nervous. You're just flopping around in your hand. And it, puts, it puts little creases on the spine. I've never been that kind of collector. I don't
0: know. <laughs> it's so weird. Like,
1: my, my books were always ripped up, not bagged or boarded um but public domain deals with the with the um topic of creators rights and royalties and residuals and stuff
0: you know exciting stuff <laughs> it's i mean it's definitely
1: like more of a family drama than anything like it's not it's not exciting but it's cool because you know you know it comes from a place where like clearly this has been you know an issue like like when these creators create something for marvel like fucking Ed Brubaker created the Winter Soldier. And when the fucking Marvel movie comes out, he get. I mean, and this is a whole different thing. We don't need to get into debate about this right now because I know there, there are very compelling arguments for both sides. But when you look at the fact that he created this for Marvel, got paid to do it, yeah. But then all of a sudden, there's a, you know, billion dollar movie and possibly one of the, or I mean, definitely one of the best MCU movies to come out. You know, in Captain America The Winter Soldier, and he received like a five thousand dollar bonus check and like a, a plane ticket to the movie premiere. And it's like, that's right or wrong, it's still gotta be a tough pill to swallow as a creator.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like they're within their legal rights to yeah. do that, but uh, kind of a dick move too. Like really, that's that's what you could afford, Disney.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's ouch, it's tough. You know, like I I would be really bummed if I if I created a character for, you know, for DC comics in in a Superman book. And all of a sudden that character took off and it's like, you know, you have no rights to any sort of residual or any ownership or anything. I mean, but
0: which is maybe is why it doesn't happen that much. Like if you want to create a compelling new character and you've got enough clout to be working at DC in the first place, you can keep that shit to yourself and go ahead and create your character and own it. Yeah. And you don't have to give it to DC. At this point, if you're working at one of the, the big two, you probably shouldn't create anything really interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I know some creators, especially when they're, when they're big enough, they can work that into yeah. their, their contracts and whatnot. Like, Hey, like any new creators I create for this book, I have, you know, a percentage of, of, you know, ownership and whatever happens with them. But, um, it's, it's a really good uh, comic book. It's three issues in so far. Um, Zdarsky's also currently writing, a uh, Batman. He started a new run. That's, that's pretty cool. He's fighting a, a robot named Failsafe that it, like, it kind of seems like the Batman equivalent of the Terminator. Nice. Yeah. It's two issues in, it's been cool. He's also got a new, a uh, new run on daredevil happening and, and that's been fun, you know, cause he, and, uh, the guy doing the art on that is, uh, Marco Chichetto or Chichetto or I, I don't know. i
0: there was a, a few things I read by him a while ago, but I, I can't remember what they were. But I, I, I remember a, a few months ago reading something and seeing his name on it and then reading something else I really enjoyed and seeing his name on it again and being like, all right, I better keep an eye out for this
1: yeah. guy. He, he's a writer that, that I will have interest in a book if he's writing. Yeah. And just to bring up real quick, the artist on Daredevil, Marco Cicchetto, he's somebody who, who I really love these days, too. He, he had a run on Daredevil before this. He also did uh, the recent Devil's Reign crossover event, spinning out of Daredevil with Zdarsky writing, and he's just got some really fucking great artwork. Rad. Oh, wow. That's all of my current creators as well. Well, one brief mention. Mike Allred of Madman fame. He's still doing the thing. He's fucking great. He did a book recently called Superman Space Age. That was one of three. Yeah, that was the 80-page book, and it's like a 1960s superman story and it's got a lot of like the you know arms race and
0: i bet he'd be good at that it's it's fucking great it seems like a great fit for him yeah
1: and it's and it's also spinning in the justice league like it was it was kind of an or a a new origin story for superman and the justice league and then book two will will continue that
0: did they change the origin up much
1: yeah oh yeah it's definitely an elseworlds story
0: that's the shit that i have interest in when it comes to superheroes and stuff shit like like because it is different. It is new. Like they can, they have the freedom to do whatever the fuck they want with yeah. it.
1: Um, yeah. It's not so different that it, it's not like radically different, but it is different.
0: Well, it's kind of like, like, uh, I read the first, I think three issues of DC versus vampires mm-hmm. and it was pretty good. I had a little bit of a hard time getting around my, you know, cause it is an elseworlds thing, but getting around some of my notions about certain characters you know, but like by the end of it, I figured like okay, just go with the story. This is not, you know, the the mainline DC universe. Some of these characters, you know, they may not be acting the way you th- like. Don't, do I want? I don't want. Try not nah. to spoil anything.
1: But. I mean, I, I think I know what you mean though. Like similar to like Injustice when that came out, it was like, yeah. all right. Some of these characters may not actually support like an oligarch Superman.
0: Exactly. Uh, you know, but, yeah, but, but yeah.
1: okay, you know, this is the world we're in. Let's go with it.
0: Yeah, and just kind of the generally, like, if someone gets turned to the va- into a vampire, they're on the vampire's side now. Oh, okay. That kind of shit, too, where it's like, well, like, I, don't, I don't know about vampire that. Vampire but...
1: Superman would still have some ideas about justice.
0: You'd think so, right? Yeah, so that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that kind of shit. where it like, But it's like, okay, but put that aside and run with the story, you know, because... The writer clearly wasn't concerned about that, so why should I be? <laughs> yeah. And who's writing that? Is it James Tenyon the Fourth? Um, you know I think it don't is. Don't know. I did not bring that one in with me. It's still sitting somewhere. I don't even know where the hell I put it. Uh, but yeah, but that—that that was one. I bought like the Coffin Edition or something, where it's like one one book with the first three in it.
1: Oh yeah, they did that for uh, Dark Knights of Steel also.
0: Yeah, and it's like three bucks less than if you bought them all individually, and so I was hoping to get the next one. I think the. I don't remember what they called it, but the, the, the second one, but they haven't had it in mm. the comic shop, so.
1: I want to take a break, figure out what we'll do with the rest of the show.
0: Yeah, sure, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, check out our podcast, Grand Rapidians Play Video Games.
0: Every episode we review a beer. Talk about games we play.
1: And recommend a podcast or something else.
0: I'm Willie. I'm not your normal beer snob. I've been to more than 150 different breweries, but I always keep hams in the fridge.
1: (laughs) I'm Ginger, and I am in the first Guinness World Record Book video game edition on the Tetris page. I'm Simon, and I can usually kick their butt in most
0: video (laughs) games. (laughs) We drink while we record.
1: (laughs) Fuck yes, we do.
0: (laughs) Find us wherever you find podcasts, and enjoy.
1: All right. Welcome back, Ben.
0: Welcome back, John.
1: All right. We've talked about a lot of books that we, uh, that we love and that we recommend.
0: Why don't we, why don't we go through
1: uh, maybe a few that we're, that we're on the fence about?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So a couple of these books that, uh, that I have on my list are books that I started reading and I was super, super into. And they've sort of trailed off a little bit. So it's it's like a like a partial recommendation, at least like I recommend at least starting these and see if you dig them. And even though I'm having trouble with them, like maybe you will super love, you know, um, um, where they're going. So, yeah, I guess it is still a recommendation.
0: Yeah, sounds like it.
1: Um, One book that I'd like to put out there is uh, is Firepower. I think I probably mentioned it on the show a while back when I first got into it. Um, But it's by uh, Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney. And it is a Kung Fu comic book with a, uh, you know, a guy that can shoot a fireball. And it's got lots of uh, ninja clan fights and um, snake people. I don't think that's a spoiler there. So it's a, uh, but it's good. I mean, Chris Samney, I mentioned earlier is one of those artists, like similar to Alex Toth, where, you know, an economy of line, but really good storytelling. And this book is really great for him because like Robert Kirkman, I bet his word count for each issue is much lower than, uh, than like walking dead for sure. Like, whereas walking dead was like human drama amidst a, uh, yeah. a, a, a apocalyptic circumstance. Like this is a lot of like action and stuff like, like it, like it actually does kind of feel like a Kung Fu movie. You know, there, there are moments of, uh, of like, solemn feeling and, uh, and then moments of like, of cool swift fight scenes and stuff. And it's, uh, it's a fun book. And I've, I've always been a big fan of Chris Samney, not so much Robert Kirkman, but he's not insulting me <laughs> with this one. Like, <laughs> like I mean, it, it doesn't feel, doesn't feel annoying. Like, like a lot of some of his other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's about 26 issues in maybe 28. Oh, okay. Um, and, and at least the, you know, the first, it, cause it opened with a trade. They had like a, you know, it was a, it was a original graphic novel that you can pick up for 10 bucks and it hooked me immediately. And I was buying the book from issue one and, um, and it, it, it's really good, but it's one of those books where the last couple issues, in my opinion, not enough is happening, like not enough story advancement, like there's fighting, but it's sort of like, you know, it, it feels like it's 30 minutes of actual story time. I'm like, I want, I want a bit more.
0: Yeah. And with comics, it's tough because like fight scenes can be cool, but they like, they can't go on as long as they could in a movie. Yeah. Like it's hard to keep a fight scene interesting for 10 pages.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's the tough thing is that like in the last two issues, there's been like two concurrent running fight scenes. And it's like, so you're switching back between two fight scenes, but they're still just fight scenes. So at the end, like, you know, like you finish that book and like, six minutes I mean you can go back and like really
0: Pour appreciate over, yeah, the art yeah. but
1: at the same time like you know when you're paying for, for your comic books like I I want I want more out of the experience Were there, there
0: are there two issues of fight scenes with without much story addition? yes right, well, that, yeah that's
1: tough lots of big like cinematic you know widescreen panels and you know splash pages and jump kicks that take half a page up it's like hmm Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's tough. Especially, I mean, I guess if you're reading it like in the, you know, the combined graphic novel, maybe it'd be a little bit different. Even then 22 pages of just fights. Like that's.
1: Yeah. For the most part. I mean, there, there's, there's a few pages of, of dialogue and and character. Monologuing,
0: you know, it's Kung Fu movies. uh, (laughs) you, You gotta have some of that. Yeah. But. Yeah, that would, be, that would be kind of tough. I could see that. Well, I mean, hopefully they get past that and get back into the story and it picks back up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm thinking, you know, like they've been building to this arc for a while. So I think maybe they're just like, you know, let's go big with the spectacle here. But like, you know, especially the the first dozen issues, lots of character drama. So um, yeah, like you said, hopefully they go back to it or the series ends and they go do something else. I'm, I'm cool with that too at this point. What do you got on your on your maybe list
0: so i like i'm i'm on issue two that's about uh starhenge book one the dragon and the boar by uh liam sharp hmm uh he's you know writer illustrator and letterer on it the one man operation oh geez yeah and uh the art in it is really cool like like it kind of mixes styles here and there oh weird like that, that's a memory you know so to kind of mix it up but for most of the book is you yeah. know this kind of stuff
1: yeah and I, I know his more recent work from uh from green lantern oh wow yeah the, even this is much different from green lantern it looks like he's doing a bunch of like more digital paint stuff
0: yeah very much yeah and it's just yeah see it's just it very um unique looking it, it, it is mm-hmm. captivating to read uh the first issue like it dealt with more space there's some big space war going on and Guy gets sent back in time. Uh, and and it, it, it's, it's tying, like, a big space war into, like, Arthurian legend. Uh, hence, Interesting. Starhenge. Like stars in Stonehenge. Ah. Uh, and so the, the story is... Uh, like, I was into it on the first one. The second one didn't make a lot of progress in the story. Like, it... it. I mean, it did a lot of background setting up um, and was more focused on... Arth- Arthurian stuff, but it like, it didn't advance the plot of the book hardly at all. Mm -hmm. So it left me a little wanting. I'll I'll still pick up book three and, uh, see where it goes. Yeah. I left this issue a little less excited than I was after the first one.
1: Oh, okay. I think that's fair. Um, yeah. Especially like on a second issue, you want what you invested yourself into in the first one, you know, or, or at least some of that. And then, you know, maybe on issue three or four go into some backstory. Hmm. That sounds like a good idea. Maybe, maybe somebody should do that in their book. Um the next one I've got is is another book that I read from the start and I think it's probably the same, you know, a couple years in, uh, 24 issues or so. And um it's called Stillwater.
0: I've seen that one there, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting book. Like uh let's see without spoiling anything. There's something strange about the town of Stillwater. Uh there's definitely oh shit. Uh, it still plays like an episode of the twilight zone, you know, okay. where, where it's, it's, there's something going on with the town that is, let's call it supernatural. So it's not just like a, you know, like it's not conspiracy theory. Like there's, there's something supernatural in that town and all of its residents. And a guy from the outside comes into like, I think it was part of like an inheritance or something comes into the town. And discovers things aren't what they appear to be. And um, it's, it, it was very interesting, very compelling. It's written by Chip, uh, Chip Zadarsky and, um, and drawn by Ramon K. Perez, whose artwork I okay, really yeah. love. He's, he's, gotten, he's gotten a little more loose over the years. But, you know, I've, I've loved his artwork on, like, A Tale of Sand. And he had a Spider-Man run he did. And why am I spacing out? Because I know there's a couple other things he did. Um, that I really, really loved, but Tale of Sand was where I first saw his stuff, and yeah. I love that book. But yeah, I mean, the story is still going whole hog; like it, like it hasn't gotten boring. But I want more um, resolution to plot threads.
0: If you're talking about it being like a Twilight Zone episode, like you said that, and then you also said something about 24 issues, and I'm like, oh boy, that it, like the because the one of the funnest parts about a story like that is the twist and the resolution of it. Like, like I mean, like twice, they're, they're all single episodes or maybe slightly longer than that, but you can't drag it on too long. Cause you've got to, you've got to get to the thing eventually.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's, what's bothering me is that like, maybe I would have just appreciated a short story. Like it, it kind of seems to me like the walking dead, how like for me, cause I wasn't, I wasn't super into it, but like, It just seemed like, like it was like, okay, zombie invasion, let's tell our story and let's get out. But, but they're like, oh no, this isn't about the zombie invasion. This is about people and we're telling a much bigger, longer story. And I was like, oh, that's not for me. So uh, maybe that's what's happening with Stillwater is that like, I wanted some, some resolution for what's happening with these characters, but it's just going on.
0: Yeah. Do you know what the weird thing in town is yet at all?
1: Oh yeah. In the, in the, in the first issue, you first issue at least in the first two issues, you know, and, but then it's like the drama of, you know, cause this guy is now in the town and dealing with this sort of thing, you know? So (laughs) it's, I, I definitely recommend reading it. Like, like start from the beginning, check it out. If it's your cup of tea, cool. Keep going. If you're, if you're like me, you know, you'll still get a good 22 issues before, before anything starts feeling, you know, Not fantastic. Some
0: people like the Twilight Zone. Some people like soap operas. Yeah, exactly. Where where things just keep going forever. I'm definitely closer to the Twilight Zone camp where like, I'd rather, like, I don't think I'm reading anything right now that gets anywhere near 24 issues. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I either lose interest or, you know, like, like if. I, I like it when I see something that says like, this is a six issue run. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like one of six. Yeah. I can, Let's I can do it. read these six issues and I can move on with my life. That's great.
1: Yeah. Money shot by vault. Like I think after the first two arcs, yeah you know, I was just, I was done. They did also change artists. So that was tough for me, but yeah, you know, I I'd had enough of the, the triple explorers. Um, and, and I was good. Yeah. Like, the, the book could have, like, in fact, it's it's a very Ben Robinson statement to say, like, the book could have end, ended there, and I would have been just fine with it. Um, oh, yeah, it's you now.
0: Oh, boy, which one of these do I want to talk about? This is one I read yesterday, and I'm not sure if I liked it or not.
1: Yeah, I saw it on the rack, and I, I didn't pick it up.
0: Yeah, and I don't know, it's, I should I guess I should tell people the title.
1: Yeah, they can't see it. like It's I called
0: can. Uh, 20th Century Men. It's by Image. Um, it's, uh, written by Denise camp. I can't tell if it's, it's a weird way to spell like Denise or Dennis. How's it spelled? D E N I Z. Oh yeah. Deniz. French.
1: Denise. Denise.
0: Uh, an artist is S Morian. I bet it's
1: some fucking hipster dude. That's like, no, it's Dennis. Dennis. They're yeah. like, Hey, Oh, Dennis. Like, no, Dennis.
0: Dennis yeah. what? uh but it, like it te- it's telling the story it i think it takes place in like an alternate history like late 80s early 90s with uh it's got like the war in afghanistan and like a russian dude in a giant mech suit who's got like um super strength and there's some weird shit going on in in vietnam and the in the uh, during the war and it's kind of i don't know, like it's 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 jumping to tell some sort of story here i'm not entirely sure what it is yet. Um, it's, it, so I can, I'm not sure if I'm interested in it yet or not. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to give the second one another shot. Yeah, I mean, the, the art's pretty good. It's just, it's a little, um, it, a lot of stuff has happened and a lot of people have said things, but I still have no fucking clue what's going on yet. so, <laughs> oh,
1: so that seems like a book that would be hard to recommend.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know if it's going to be something interesting. Like, it, like it's kind of setting itself up it could go somewhere really cool or it could go it could keep doing the same thing and go absolutely nowhere
1: (laughs) (laughs) it could go grant morrison on a bad day and just say a lot of things and you're just like what the fuck
0: exactly so uh when you go full grant morrison so uh, what i'll probably do is wait to see if i hear anybody else saying that it is a good book Mm -hmm. and then maybe i'll come back to it
1: yeah i think that yeah that is that's a that's a fair assessment of that I'm going to talk about a couple books that, I, that I've recently stopped and a creator that, that is on those. So there, there's the, uh, the writer, creator, Donnie Cates. I think maybe I've talked about him on, on the show in the past.
0: Yeah, he's doing Thor and Hulk, right?
1: Yeah, those are actually the two books. And he, he did a lot of Venom stuff and he's done some stuff for Image with like the paybacks and uh, Buzzkill. And he's this guy who really like he's he's created a brand around himself. Like he's got Donny Cates merchandise and shit. And like there's like a you know a full page ad him. in the books he does. Yeah. Personally, I don't like that shit. I don't like the rock star mentality among comic creators. It it seems really really weird to me and kind of icky. It's like no like I don't know. Like I, I I will I will appreciate somebody's work, but it's like wearing like a Donny Cates T-shirt. I don't know. It's it's strange maybe i'm totally out of touch and way off base but it's sort of built this like this kind of resentment in me where i'm just like i don't want to like his stuff like i went into both thor and hulk like i don't want to fucking like this guy because i don't i don't like his attitude um but thor was i mean thor with nick klein on the art was really good there there were there were a couple of really good arcs there and then the first arc of, uh, of Hulk was, was really good. Like, really interesting new take on Hulk.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard. I, I think it might be just now coming on to Marvel Unlimited. Jeez. It's like, I'm not going to buy Marvel books because I did the year of Marvel Unlimited, but it puts me like six months behind on everything. So, like, I got through, you know, a good chunk of Thor. And I liked it. I liked what he, where he was going with. Yeah. Was killing
1: nice. Galactus and shit. Yeah. Oh, whoops whatever. Yeah. I think it's, that 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 happened like like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, It's way beyond, (laughs) but yeah. So like that shit was pretty cool. And I heard good things about, uh, about Hulk. So like, it's, it's on my list to check out, but, uh, and
1: Ryan Otley's on the art and it looks great. And like the, the, the first arc was really cool. And then they did this like crossover with Thor and Hulk and it's just, it's bad, you know, like, and it runs through both books. So if you're reading Hulk, but not Thor, you have to buy a couple issues of Thor to, to, Get the story, and they do a fucking like hulked out Thor thing. And it's just, it's, it's,
0: oh, is that like the banner war or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I've seen some stuff about that. Yeah, Yeah. it's,
1: um, going too far out there, and, and it just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And it was shipping late, and I was just like, all right, well, I'm good. And I, and I canceled both of them.
0: I saw the banner war stuff there, and and like I've seen horror whore fight folk <laughs> <laughs> i've seen thorn you fight. saw
1: horror fight folk
0: yes uh before and uh and decided i wasn't interested enough to pick it up
1: yeah i kind of wish i hadn't like, like I, I look back on it and i'm like man like like some books you look at look at and you're like i i didn't or i wish i would have known that i didn't need this because you start looking at it in monetary yeah, value and you're like exactly. fuck. I just spent 20 bucks on this and I didn't even want it. And when it's something on your saver and you have the first three issues, like you can't just not buy it. I mean, honestly, I'm throwing this out there to people who go to comic shops, have books on their saver, look at it and put it back on the shelf. You're a fucking asshole.
0: Yeah, especially if it's, if it's that shit. If it's old, like I guess if it's still fresh, like maybe. Or if it's something in high demand, you know, and you want to come over to me and say, hey, I noticed you wanted that number one that they didn't have. Do you want to take this one instead? Yeah. But, I mean, uh, like if
1: it, if it sells, that's good for the shop or if it's a book that's going to sell. But if you're having that shop order that book for you and hold it, yeah. you buy that fucking book. And like there have been times where I've wanted to cancel a series, forgotten to do it. The next issue shows up. I'm buying that issue. Yeah. And then immediately canceling it because that I you know it's you don't you don't make them spend money that they can potentially not get back for your sake. You know, like fuck that. No, they ordered it for you. You're going to buy it. Dickheads. I I hate it when I'm shopping and I see some guy go get his saver and then go out to the fucking racks and put a book back. I'm like you fucking piece of shit.
0: I hate it when I'm anywhere and I and people just like leave shit at the freaking <laughs> well, registers. Yeah. I was at uh, Walmart the other day. And like, you know, went like it was going up to the register and looked over and someone had taken a full rack of ribs and just left it like up on top of the candy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, over, like, like yeah, the candy and magazines and shit. Yeah. That's
0: fucking insane. Like, what the fuck? That's like a $60 piece of meat and it's just going to go bad. They're not going to be able to do anything. Like I touched it and it was still cold. So I, like I flagged like one of the guys like, hey, you might want to take care yeah, of this. Yeah. Thing cause... Put
1: that in your go backs quick.
0: Yeah, because that that's some bullshit right there. Like, how do you just decide at the register? Like, yeah, I don't think I want this rack of ribs anymore.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to lose my place in line. And and like, why are they so embarrassed to say to the person at the checkout counter, like, yeah, yeah hey, I, I decided I don't, I'm not going to yeah. get this. Uh, sorry.
0: Yeah, so they could do the right thing with it. Wow. Especially if it's perishable.
1: <laughs> Fucking people are the worst. It
0: was in Stockton. Oh. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I don't know. What else do I have? I mean, do I have anything to say? About I've got a couple th- other titles that were that were disappointments that I was really stoked about, but I don't. I don't know if I want to just
0: inject yeah, just the show with that on, negativity. Yeah, shit on a bunch of books, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I don't. I don't mind shitting on on these creators because after the fact, these creators put out some statements that of of a political nature that like, you know, I'm I I don't I'm not picking sides at all, but it was like. You know, I, I don't care what side you're on, if you're just spitting out like hateful vitriol and like rhetoric that's dangerous to people who who can't make up their own minds or use their own brains and they see something like that and they go, I I like this creator and they're saying this, so I now believe this too. Like that shit pisses me off. Like I, I had to cut those creators like out of my life because I don't I don't want to support them.
0: Were you enjoying the books otherwise?
1: Not really. Okay. Well, let, let's just call out the books. I mean, whatever. Superman 78 was kind of a disappointment. I was really, really looking forward to it. And like the idea behind it was really cool. You know, Christopher Reeve, Superman world.
0: Yeah. I remember you being super excited about it when oh, it came man. out. Yeah.
1: yeah. And Brainiac coming down. So like, it just kind of fell flat. Like it, it, it just, it wasn't super exciting. And like Wilfredo Torres's artwork, like, he does a lot of like Christopher Reeve Superman fan art like with Inktober. I think that's where I first found his stuff. Like he would do like every day it would be like a Chris Reeve Superman thing. But I think he's using a lot of photo reference. So you can tell when it's when it's panels where he doesn't have reference for it, it doesn't really look oh, like what's happening. Bother. And and everything's just kind of stiff. Um with Batman 89, I had just sort of fallen off with it uh month to month. I was still buying it. And then, um, Joe, it's either Quinones or Quinonez. Uh, I think he got COVID from what I remember from Instagram and, um, and it took a while for the last issue to come out, but when it did, I, I started back from the beginning and read it and it was pretty good. It, 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 it wasn't bad. I mean, it, it was, it was pretty heavy on rhetoric, but, but you know, whatever, that, that's fine. Like, I mean, but yeah, it, it was fun seeing, you know, it had a lot of, uh, it had, uh, Billy D Williams is Harvey Dent. So that, that was, that was cool seeing him become two face, but both kind of fell flat. Um, I don't know. Oh, you know what? I can end on a good note. You know what came in the mail for me today? I don't motherfucking black sad, the new oh, one. Cool. Finally, it got delayed by like a month. Yeah. And I'd been waiting for it to come in and it did. And I sat down to read it earlier and I was just so turbo tired that I like start, I started like falling asleep yeah. on the toilet, you know,
0: with the book <laughs> in my hand. Like, it's not like I
1: was laying down. It's like, oh, that's how you get nap water nap.
0: stains on your books, John.
1: <laughs> I don't get stains on shit, but, um, yeah, I'm super stoked. Like I, I flipped through it or not through the whole thing. Cause I don't want, I don't want spoilers, but like the artwork is just as gorgeous as ever. And, um, it's a smaller volume, but it's also a part one. So that's the, the promise of another one coming out.
0: Wicked. I guess before we go here, I will commit some quick blasphemy and talk about a word book.
1: Motherfucker.
0: <laughs> uh, but on my way back from, I, I picked it up at A&D Con. It's by Steve Weatherall. I just chewed through it on the flight back, read the whole thing. Uh, it's called Everyone You Love Will Be Eaten by Wolves. And it's like a short story anthology book. He usually does like comedy, sci-fi, Fantasy stuff, and these are all. There's still some. There's some levity in them, but they are more or less all horror stories.
1: Oh, okay, and not humorous horror stories like Shingles.
0: No, uh, there's like I said, there's some humor here and there, but for the most part, they're fucking. They're fairly dark. Like it starts with one called the Torso Farmer, that uh, is a good way to start it because, like, okay, cool. If you're if you're cool with this, you'll you'll be just fine for the rest of the book. Boy, like it's it is definitely. <laughs> In that first short story, the torso farmer, it's like 21 pages. It, like it hooked me because like it's got, it's a short, short bit, but like he did a really good job framing the characters and building the the world, through, like just organically throughout the story. So by the end of it, like you have a pretty good idea of what's going, like what this world is, and it, you know, like it feels like a real setting, even though it's only you know uh, 21 pages long.
1: And do any of the stories like cross over into each other? Like, nope. It, Okay. Nope. They're all completely, completely
0: their own thing. All kind of in their own, their own little bubbles, and a bunch of them in the back. Like the later ones are only like six, seven pages. So some oh, of them are okay. very short. Like some are supernatural, some are not. Like it, it's just it's just a fun little horror anthology that I enjoyed thoroughly. Like I wanted to give it to my daughter because I thought she'd like it, but it's got some stuff that's probably a little too racy for her in
1: it. That's weird hearing you say that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what that is. Like, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't your kids like watch Alien when they were like four years old? Oh yeah,
0: there's nothing too like gory or anything in there. But there's, oh, uh, like, just there's, like some, like, some
1: know. really adult subject matter. Yeah, that she's probably heard about in high school, but
0: yeah, but I probably shouldn't have her dad recommending yes, it to her. exactly. Know? Like if one of her friends does, like, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, you're a kid, you're gonna read some shit, but
1: yeah, like your son, go ahead and watch, watch a, watch a movie with boobs in it because we know it's exciting for you, but. I don't think we're, we, we should be sitting in the room with you.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah.
1: Or at least not on purpose. Like, oh, son, come watch this movie. It's got boobs in it.
0: Yeah, well, now you got to watch out for, like, accidental wang that you weren't expecting when the kids are in the room.
1: Eh, it's all natural. Whatever.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I
1: don't, I don't mind seeing wieners as long as, they, as long as they don't do away with the boobs. Give something for everyone.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't mind either. It's just kind of awkward when you're in the room with like your daughter and a penis comes on the screen. That is true. Yeah. When you didn't know it was going to happen, you're like, oh, there's that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, geez. I have a feeling
1: it's going to be a number of years before that happens with with me and my kid. I I think we're far more conservative about about the media watch. Yeah. I mean, that's how I grew up. That's true. I, I still, I mean, I had friends' houses to go to to watch movies with boobs. Ah, boobs. <laughs> Even the word's fun. Um, well, I hope, folks, that, uh, that you uh, enjoyed our recommendations and our cautionary tales. And um, thank you for sitting through this with us. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will try and put a list of all of the things we talked about in the show notes. So if you don't have to, like, try and rewind, like, figure out what was that thing they said. It'll be in the show notes. Hopefully. Uh, but if you enjoyed today's show or any of our others, uh, tr- drop on by uh, Apple Podcasts, maybe uh, I don't know Podchaser, and give us a uh, five-star review. If you do, we will read it on uh, one of our debrief episodes.
1: Speaking of which, our debrief episode may be delayed because this weekend we we are both going out of town to be in a wedding.
0: Oh, that's true. And
1: Monday is uh, is a uh, holiday. So I don't know if we're going to get around to recording after being gone for the weekend and then also a holiday, or maybe we'll all get together for dinner on the holiday. It'll
0: be a mystery listeners. (laughs) But if we're not around, you know why? Yeah. Uh, uh, We've got uh, swag at ShopDocExplorationPodcast.com. We've got a Discord that's got a bunch of lovely people on it having fantastic discussions. Uh,
1: I even joined in for know, a minute it there. it was amazing. I was like, holy oh, <laughs> shit, John's on Discord. Yeah, and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm interacting with people. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Luis, extreme friend and supporter of the show. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know who any of these people are. I was like, oh, wait, no, I know exactly who this person is.
0: Yeah, you probably know who a number, of, uh, f- at least a few of the people on oh, there yeah? are. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's easy for me to jump in on Comics Talk.
0: Yeah, obviously. Yeah. We just did it. <laughs> uh, well our theme song is Fartin' Around by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, and I love it.
1: Uh, all, right. all right. Bye, all right. everybody. Fuck off.